Welcome back to the podcast, number 54, Dean Harris, the Yacht Chef. This guy's totally inspiring. Like he's traveled throughout the world, wakes up in different locations, works with what's around him for cooks for the the super rich, the top 1% of the world, all in the Northern Hemisphere, a boy from Noosa. This is a great story. Oh, but before we get into it, Chef Notepad, remember that, the thing that helps you control your costs so that you can become a better chef and then head over and become a yacht chef yourself because you're all over your costs and people want to employ you because you're awesome. So Chef Notepad, that's going to help you do that. So check that out, please. It is awesome. And if you're a beautiful customer of Suncoast Fresh, thank you for being a customer of Suncoast Fresh and check out our ordering app. makes life lots uh, easier for you with, uh, you can set up your ordering list, your pantry list and uh, just go back and add the numbers and make it super simple little notifications come out to let you know uh, what's going on to keep you on track and up to date with produce that's the Suncoast ordering app sit back relax let's enjoy Dean Harris hello Dean what's going on today mate oh you know just uh, (laughs) passing through heading to my sister's birthday actually in Brisbane so um Hence the attire, but uh yeah just looking pretty slick flying out tonight to Cairns actually yeah uh, film some more stuff on the Great Barrier Reef and yeah, check it out, see what's happening up there. You're doing some exciting stuff right now, but I want to get to that a little bit later. Tell me, you're a, you're a, a, a Noosa boy, would that be fair to say, or a sunny coast lad, or what, what would you call yourself? Yeah, I like to uh, claim, I guess, Noosa is my hometown. Yeah, um, I was born in Canberra, but I don't tell many people that. Whoa, for good enough reason. <laughs> um, Too but, many roundabouts. Uh, I grew up in Noosa, went to primary school, high school there, did my apprenticeship as a chef. Um, at Cafe, uh, sorry, Sales Beach Restaurant and Cafe Le Monde. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've, yeah, I've pretty much grown up there most of my life. Cool. So, lots of bare feet, beach. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lots yep. of water, I assume. Lots of water. Yeah. The restaurants are right on Hastings Street there. So it's literally on my breaks, I'd go to the beach and, you know, swim off those split shifts. Yeah. So if you are listening from some of our people in America, check out Noosa, Hasty Street. Look at that. It is one of the most beautiful spots in Australia. Um, so you were chefing and um, doing your thing and learning lots. And then, you know, your, your Instagram is The Yacht Chef. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. Now, what got you? Um, why did you take off? Um, well, actually, I just I just always wanted to do something more than restaurants. It was, you know, it was a hard slog as the chefs listening know. They they know how hard the split shifts are and early starts, you know, late finishes. So I just knew there was more out there than just like trying to achieve a Michelin star or, a, you know, chef hat as we have here. And so we, I looked down other avenues. I turned 18, qualified as a chef and pretty much took off to Europe for two years and just kind of explored my, you know, options and bits and pieces over there working in uh, the French Alps and chalets and the Greek islands and you know doing all that and that's where I saw the uh, big shiny super yachts so that's going to be hard to do so if you I mean that's that's that sounds like just you know rolled off the tongue like hey I did my apprenticeship and then I just went to Europe and worked in the chalets like that 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 just quickly give us some detail on that process because It doesn't sound, I mean, it probably is a, a bit easier now with, with everything. In my day, it would have been really, really hard. Now, COVID's challenges are, are again on top of probably your experience. But give us a little insight to how you did that. Um, yeah, I've kind of made it sound very easy. But this was, uh, I guess, 12 odd years ago. And, you know, I, I didn't set off to go work on super yachts or do all these things. It kind of just happened like 
well, not just happen. We did work for it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a long process and it is a gamble to go over there and try to get jobs on these super yachts and, you know, all these different jobs as a chef. It's not easy, um, you know, to have the training and to have that background of, of the cooking, you know, really good repertoire of, of cooking styles mm. is what is going to help you to get a job on these, these yachts. Mm. So you got over there, you, you said some chalets, do a bit of skiing and started yeah. living your life. Started, did you, from a young age, did you have a good work-life balance? Because, you know, it looks like Ooh. you um, are combining your career very much with a lifestyle at the moment. But was that a young thing? or No, it was actually like growing up in Noosa, which a few people know that it's a famous surf break there. And really everyone asks if I've, you know, can surf and grow up surfing and all this. I, I kind of miss that because I was too busy cooking. Mm. And I think that's what kind of led me to going to a funner workplace and kind of having the ability to either snowboard or scuba dive or, you know, swim on my break or something like that. And that's really what pushed me to, to go for this kind of a job. Yeah, right. Because yeah. you're, you're in the location, hey. Exactly. I mean, you probably were in Noosa as well, but... Um, just didn't have the time. It was well, just... it's it, and that's okay because when you're a young fella, you've got to do those hard yards mm. and and get yourself in a position to be able to call the shots so that you can organise your life great. Mm. Um, so you've uh, so tell us about the shallows quickly on on some of these shallows. That sounds yeah. Fun. So um, hopefully the authorities aren't listening, but we were kind of like illegal, you know. <laughs> Immigrants, <laughs> not sure if you want to cut that, but um, it's it's long gone now. And you know, we worked for 150 euros a week kind of situation. Um, you know, 200 odd dollars here. It's the same as we pay the staff here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, they paid for our lift ticket, they all our food, accommodation, all that kind of stuff. And it was it was fun. I was young. I would snowboard, literally get up in the morning, probably six, seven a.m., cook the guests a breakfast. And then I'd literally be so organized that I'd go up with the guests to the hill to snowboard till, I guess, four o'clock in the afternoon, come back, prep the three-course, four-course dinner for them. And, yeah, that was kind of my my day in the chalets. Wow. Yeah. That sounds epic. That sounds awesome. Um, yeah, great. So you saw these big shiny yachts. Let's get into these yeah. yacht bizzo. So I met another chef. He's an English fella. He came. He would come up to the chalets and... He'd spend the whole season kind of just having this holiday in uh, the winter time, and uh, he told me about these these super yachts. I'm like, wow, that's amazing! He's you know saved all this money to spend the whole winter snowboarding. I'm like, I got to do that. So we, uh, me and a few mates, we headed down to Antibes to this is one of the the hubs of yachting to look at these super yachts and see if we can get a job. Totally unprepared, 19 years old at this stage, walking up to these you know octopus which is owned by paul allen it's 126 meters and half a billion dollars i think it cost to build and we're we're yelling for a job in our board shorts and singlets looking like a bunch of stupid australians you know so we learned quickly we had to come back and do our tickets and you know be prepared which is an stcw which is a firefighting course about two thousand dollars and you know a couple of other things you should probably spend about three grand to kickstart this career as a yacht chef so, Can you do that in Australia before you go or not? Yeah, I, I just refreshed it I saw uh, one yesterday. On your Instagram story. Yeah. yeah, you kind of fight fires and you jump in a pool, and it's it's quite fun. Uh, it is expensive, but the you know the outlay that you give for that you'll earn back you know mm. tenfold pretty quickly. Mm. Okay, so you got on. Someone must have give you a start, eh? 
Yeah, so I came back to Australia. Well, I didn't go straight to Super Yachts. I got distracted a little bit and... Uh, Is that a girl or...? No, not so much a girl. It was, uh There's always a girl involved. But, um, <laughs> it was. Uh, I found this job on Gumtree. I don't know if that's still around these days, but it yeah, was. It is. it is. Yeah, yeah. It was on Gumtree. I was just like searching on there for alternative options as a chef, and there was this. Uh, Do you want to come work on the Great Barrier Reef on a yacht and all this stuff? And I was like, hell yeah, let's go. So, uh, the next day, I was on a flight from. I was in Western Australia at the time. Flew overnight to Cairns, rocked up, went straight out in the boat the next day, and uh, I was on this this boat called Reef Encounter um, for three years, just diving and cooking my life away. And it was wow. fantastic. What are the kitchens like? Give me a, give me a, a variant. So there's probably really big and good ones. And what's the sort of what's the worst and what's the best? Oh, yeah. I mean the galleys. Yeah, um, the galleys. Yeah. Um, you know, just to be. Precise. Precise there. Um, the galleys, you know, they vary. It, it's They're all small. Like, unless you're getting in the big 100-plus metre yachts there. They're small, but they're, they're workable. They're very, like, workable spaces, and they're very easy to... They're, ma- they're made that way, you know? They're kind of... Everything needs to be nice and close, and um, the storage and everything is quite... Efficient. Efficient, yeah. It's yeah. a very efficient way of building. Instead of a massive kitchen where you've got a brigade of chefs... Either by yourself or maybe with one or two other chefs. So if you're a fatty, pardon them. Like, I'm not sure what the what's the correct politically correct. If you're um, overweight, if you're babies. if you <laughs> love your food, yeah, if you love your food, right, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you're a bit bigger around the belly, is that going to work? If you're a yacht chef, you know, I've. <laughs> it's, you know, we ask the hard questions here on the yeah. podcast. Um, you could, you could get away with it for sure. They're not that small, but you know, I've worked on sail yachts down to. 50 feet to 37 meters and even the 37 meter one's quite quite small you know yeah right. you can touch pretty much everywhere in the galley standing in one spot so yeah you're a good size what i call an airplane size you're not you're you're big big but you're not you're not 100 kilos like me i get uncomfortable on a, on a plane yeah, where right. you know you know me and a mate always talk about you know if, you, if you're the size that you can be comfortable on a plane you're laughing <laughs> tell us about one question i've always thought about on, on boats is is there a deep fryer and yes. How does that work? Yes. Is it really, really deep? I got laughed. <laughs> no, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. it is. It's double the size, and you fill, you know, halfway up. Right. But okay. um, it's funny the the reef boat that I worked on. It had a deep fryer, and I was just like, I thought that was normal, you know, coming from kitchens. It was went to the next boat. It was like a forty one of the worst times of my life on this yacht. But um, I said, Oh, where's the deep fryer? And the captain just laughed at me. I'm like, I didn't think it was that funny of a question, you know. Deep fryer is quite useful. Um, but yeah, not all Chips. yachts. Yeah, not <laughs> fish in the ocean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, makes sense, right? Potatoes travel. Um, he laughed at me, and then I quit the job a few weeks later. Anyway, so um, yeah, no. The the boat I work on now is a, is sixty meter yacht Ariens, and that has a double deep fry. You know, as big as any other kitchen on land. Mm. You'd have to be quite timely with re- resignation. You're in the middle of the restaurant. I'm going to leave right well, yeah, now. Exactly. You can leave right now, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we do we do like 16 days Atlantic crossing type situation. Yeah. So you can't decide to take off halfway across the Atlantic. You know. Yeah, yeah fair enough. About 3,000 meters deep. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what it's like, and say one of those adventures, like one of those. Okay, you you're preparing all the you know uh, the ordering. Mm-hmm. Like, tell us how it goes. Like, you know, you're going on a journey. You're a week away from from. What's it called when you leave? Uh, crossing. 
Oh, oh this uh, uh, yeah. Depart- departing, departing. Yeah. departing, departing, departing. There we go. Yeah. So tell What's us, it? it's you know, you're a few days out. The organisation of the food. Tell us about that side of the things and, and yeah. take us through the journey of how you particularly might stack the fridge so mm-hmm. it comes out in order. I'm assuming I don't know that, but um, I know that I do know that I do know that I do that on big cruise liners. Mm-hmm. But yeah, tell us about how how it. Yeah. So are you let me throw some ideas out. You're in the field. Yeah. You're, you're harvesting some beautiful fruit. <laughs> I wish. No, okay. Now tell wish. me how it really is. I wish I had the time for that. Yeah. I do. Um, to be honest, like the secret is, everyone asks, what's the secret? Fresh produce. If you're getting fresh produce, you know, you're set for 16 days at sea, you know, more or less. You can, you know, you, you go through things first, like the leafy greens and, you know, herbs and things like that. And then you slowly work to your, your potatoes and onions, you know, it's, <laughs> it gets a bit sketchy at the end there. Yeah. Um, but no, that, it, that's it. Like back yeah. when I started, I was cruising Vanuatu and Fiji and all these places that, you know, it's, it's really organic from the village stuff and mm. it wouldn't last long. We had luckily only a six day crossing across from Australia and uh, or the other way around. But uh, yeah, you know, usually we're crossing Caribbean, Europe situation. So we get pretty good produce, um, which helps us last. But yeah, it comes down to the stacking, you know, keep the, the leafy greens away from the fans and the cooling and stuff, cause it's mm. gonna deteriorate quicker mm. and um, wrap everything in paper towel and you know, to make things last a little bit longer. Yeah, no, we, we obviously pack for a few yachts and uh, they have slightly, yeah, some pretty big requirements of, we, of yeah. how, how you guys want it. We're precious. But We're precious. We but understand. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we get why, which is, it's great because if you don't tell the staff why, then they're like, well, when are we doing this? Yeah. And, um, you know, which is fair enough on their case because they don't normally do it. But yeah, packing for a yacht is um, it's actually it's, um, uh, interesting. Yeah. I feel sorry for, you know, provisioners we have which do everything like, meat, seafood, fruit and veg, cheese. You know, I feel sorry for these guys sometimes because, you know, they, they're they the guys on the ground that are copying it all. And if something's not right, we send it straight back. You know, that's mm. what, that's the kind of service we expect and we pay premium for this. So, mm. and you know, there's tight schedules and everything else. So, you know, we're cooking for the 1%. They don't mess around. So we have yeah. to keep the standard. Yeah, yeah, I remember when we had Andrew on, uh, Andrew Pennyfiling, uh, yeah, she was, um, had the same sort of points about how, how um how that, that that upper level had to be exactly right and um one time they wanted like a champagne a particular champagne they had to like fly in on it oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so, was so epic and extravagant yeah it's just there's no there's no limits you know not like a restaurant where there's budgets and stuff so it's kind of it's ridiculous yeah yeah right so we didn't quite do what we said we we're gonna do tell me you're a week out you, oh yeah you're doing some ordering not not a week out but whatever it is yeah so a week out um, I do the ordering in stages if, you know, if anyone's listening that cares for this, but it's, uh, you know, I've done it for 10 years now. So I kind of, I've got a process that works really well. So I can't, you know, start to get the dry goods on first at last longer, you know, build up the dry stores, which are going to last for the whole trip. And then you'll, you know, move to your frozen goods, like your meats, your seafoods, your, all those kind of bits and pieces, you'll stack your fridge, freezer full. And then the day before or the day of departure, We'll get our fruit and vegetables on and you know any fresh seafood that we want to have but or catch some on the way you know mm. um so that's my general kind of process of making sure that we're going to make it across an atlantic feeding 17 crew um you know that's yeah. 17 crew how many how many people does it take normally to look after 17 guests uh so we have t- uh 12 to 14 guests the the boat i'm on at the moment which is 60 meter um, yep. and 17 crew so oh right okay. yeah one each 
on each. But yeah, you, you know, usually these guys might just come on as a couple or something. You know, two people on this yeah. massive yacht sometimes. So it just it depends. Yeah. So, um, just for the record, what's the name of the yacht again? I know you said it uh, earlier. It's your Ariens. You can find out on Instagram as well. How do you spell that? A R I E N C E. Just like to get them things out there. Yeah, know. it's a weird. It's a it, it's art and science put together. Oh, right. The okay. Boss, the boss is the, his two kind of love. Yeah. Oh, I think that's bloody awesome. Yeah, Coming up with names is a whole game is, in itself, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of funny. You see the same old things out there, you know, like um, Bliss or Encore, which is my previous. And, you know, you see several of those around the world, but you'll never hear of another Aryans. He's kind of, it's quite unique. So. Mm-hmm. so, So is it your conditions that you've got to work with or is it the places you're going to that inspire the food? Like how do you get inspired by, you know, and, and, and mixing it up, one, for, for you and, and I'm, I'm assuming would cook for um, people potentially more than once or is it is it usually one-offs yeah so uh, to get inspired I, I really make a point of traveling to destinations like Mexico was my last you know um, place where I would take off and just really dive into the culture and tacos and you know do all that kind of stuff so I spend a lot of money on on that kind of. I invest in my myself by eating at all these restaurants and mm. vendors and things like this. It's really something that I make a point doing every time I go somewhere. It's a, you know, you're investing in yourself, and that's where I get my ideas because we're not working with a brigade of chefs like a kitchen where we're all throwing ideas around with one person or by yourself sometimes. So you need to keep it fresh, and mm. everywhere I go, you pick up things. Do you find sometimes the limitations of size and availability of stock actually can make you more creative yeah definitely no that's uh you know when i first started on a smaller boat as i said in the south pacific i just had you know there was like five things i could use there was taro pineapples papaya and you know and it makes you get creative it makes you do these things that you wouldn't normally do if you had you know looking over this warehouse here with all the produce you Mm. got every single fruit and vegetable you know known to man in here so sometimes you have to <laughs> yeah what about breadfruit do you cook much of breadfruit no actually oh, is that more of a down here type thing because you're in the southern i mean northern part of the yeah. world normally yeah? yeah that's where you're yachting yeah there's no breadfruit really over yeah, there yeah yeah okay they were brought down here for the english to feed the slaves and stuff oh, did they yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's delicious actually a horrible story but it's actually an amazing product um yeah cool okay what other adventures what what's something that uh, i'm going to get to this thing that you, that you watched uh, recently with eric benner but uh tell me some of the other adventures like do you have any real hairy nights on the yacht and um there's some things that we've done that i can talk about and some things i can't um, that's, that's just at sea language isn't it it is yeah and had a heap of that didn't she oh we can't talk about this isn't this yeah there's lots of like you know we can't there's lots of privacy, you know, on these yeah, yachts yeah, and they, cool. they pay a lot of money to keep that privacy. But, you know, there's there's stories of, you know, rough weather and stuff like that. Which yeah, I'm, give me a couple of those. Yeah, so crossing from uh, Australia to uh, Fiji, I believe it was, on this little 30-metre kind of motor yacht. And at the same time, there was a race. There was a Vodafone, um, if anyone's into sailing, it's the fastest sail yacht. You know, it sails faster than the wind. Yeah. So this... This yacht broke the record for the fastest crossing from Australia to Fiji. Um, it was like four days or something like that, four and a half days. And it usually takes six days for a boat to cross this body of water. So just to paint a picture of how windy and how crazy and rough that was, 
we were on a motor yacht, which is just, you know, we call them stink pots because they just punch through instead of sailing where they go with the ocean and the swell and the wind. So anyway, we lost hydraulics, which means we lost our stabilizers, which keep the ship relatively stable. And um, so, you know, the captain kind of took over with the steering to keep this thing, you know, upright. But there was times where, you know, this thing was like rolling. And I swear to you, I thought we were going to flip because the waves are coming up the back and which kind of makes the ship kind of roll forward. And then as the wave comes under the boat, it will just violently whip back. So I had <laughs> no joke. I had my like not scuba gear, but I had my fins and masts. Like I was <laughs> going to swim out of this ship because we we're going to capsize. <laughs> and yeah, it was that kind of feeling, you know, the captain even um, was... I looked at him, I said, are we going to be all right? And he had to obviously keep her, but I could see he was shitting his pants. Like, mm. he's like, I'm not sure. Yeah. So it was, That's yeah. Scary. So you never see that on a movie. You never see the guy grabbing the flippers and then Mark, <laughs> yeah, which is the smartest thing in the world to do. Um, yeah. I've never seen that in any movie ever. The boat's sinking. We're going to try and run. Hell no. You're Why swim don't you get your swimming gear on? Yeah, swim out of it. That's, that's exactly <laughs> a what helmet? I helmet? <laughs> goggles? Yeah. yeah. So that was, the, that was the hairiest moment I think that I've ever experienced. Yeah. Oh. But we survived, obviously. Any, uh, yeah, uh, tell me about, I know you hate this question almost because you told me before, but um, <laughs> inspirational dishes that have just, you know, gone bang. Because of the environment, I've been able to create this thing. And I thought, far out. I didn't know I was going to do that. It was amazing. Um, that's a hard question I know you have time yeah it's, it's, it is hard but it's you know we're exposed to produce travelling to all these different places and the requests that we get from these guests kind of push us to do really creative stuff that we wouldn't normally do you know we get Americans and Europeans and all sorts of stuff so it gets us out of our comfort zone whereas you know you're in a restaurant you're cooking the menu maybe seasonally at most you know some of these restaurants so mm. Where I like to say we are every single restaurant and cuisine, like oh, yeah. that's what they're paying premium for is to come on and request exactly what they want, when they want. So high pressure. High pressure, stress. So if you can't do that, <laughs> do not join this industry. What's your biggest fuck up? Oh. <laughs> you know, I've been quite lucky. There's, there's times where something wasn't quite right but there was one time when it completely failed but luckily <laughs> luckily the guests were a little bit little bit tipsy <laughs> i want to say drunk and you had some mac and cheese and it was a, yeah no I, I actually didn't have a backup but it was a three course thing so it kind of it was just one course um but the girl it was a girl's trip and they were all having fun and i said i i'm sorry i fucked up and they're like what they had no idea. It was just like, you know, dick straws are out and <laughs> yeah. all these things. They had no idea that this was happening. So, and I looked like a, a, an idiot for saying that I stuffed up and they had no idea. So it was a, it was this crazy like mozzarella balloon where I blew it up with tomato espuma and um, it just, I couldn't do eight at once. It just kept deflating. And uh, anyway, that was, that was it. That's not the worst. Thing. It's, it's not. Bad. It's not. But Come for me, on, you're not even telling us the worst. No, thing. but for That's me, that killed me. I was just like, because <laughs> I, you know, we strive for perfection yeah. and try to make everyone happy. So when you do something stupid like that, it kills you. You, you feel embarrassed. So and then you had to be the stripper or something. Or? <laughs> I did. Come on, we need I, to add to the story. I did okay? take my shirt off that night. They, actually, no, they. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> do you have a mantra that you live by? Uh, what? Sorry. You know, a saying, a thing, a mantra, like a hey. 
you know. If it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of vibe. But, but more inspiring than that by a long way, Scarlett. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. thank you. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's a, like a mantra or a saying, but I just. I think it's the same thing. I Going back to what, you know, where I've come from and, you know, I've worked hard in places and I've, I've wanted to combine the, the work hard, play hard type situation. So I think life's too short to just work, you know, come into work, slave away at the stove and go home. So, you know, enjoy those moments. They're not going to remember, you know, the, the boss isn't, you're, you're, everyone's replaceable. Mm. So yeah, I always seize the moment. I always like, you know, if there's a whale in the water going past, I'll jump in like, that's the kind of thing I live by, you know. The moment. Yeah. Live in the moment. It's deep. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm going with yeah. live, live in the moment. Yeah. And not everyone's replaceable. You should say that as well. But yeah, okay. Live in the moment. <laughs> that, that's really good. I, I'm, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, what are you working on now? What are you doing back here? We've done a little bit of filming. You've been sniffing around all the farms and yeah. cameras and gimbals and bloody all, all sorts. sorts of shit. What's going on? Doing some detective work in Australia or what? Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to give too much away because it's it's not released yet because it's okay. obviously just filming. But <laughs> that's what. Um, but basically, I've come back to revisit my days as an apprentice and the produce that I would use back in Noosa in the Sunshine Coast. So I've been visiting farms from your recommendations, just got back from Ashburn Strawberry Farm, beautiful, beautiful. location. Um, visiting, you know, Noosa Reds up in Noosa um, and all these really incredible uh, farms, you know, with produce in the region. So I'm kind of capturing that, which will then combine with my super yachting world somehow not going to give too much away but mm. hopefully you know netflix or something's going to be involved mm. there mm. have to get a photo with you just in case eh? this guy's going to be famous <laughs> attention, attention. oh this oh, is our fire alarm being tested and we're going to stop right now for a few minutes and that was the alarm over and done with. Thank you for those people who test that to keep us safe. Now, what have you been watching on uh, on the old uh, box while you've been here, mate? Something pretty important by the sounds of things. Yeah, so this kind of ties into what I'm what I'm filming filming as well, because you know my love for the ocean is something I'm, I you know do everywhere I go. I swim with whatever I can, to be honest, sharks, whales, all that kind of stuff. So this film that's just come out, it premiered last night. Um, all around Australia yep. and um, basically it's to highlight it's called Envoy uh, Shark Film for those of you who would like to watch it you can check out their Instagram and find a link there um, it's basically to highlight the 86 years of culling that Australia has been doing um, you know so without going too deep and now get into it. Go yeah, this go, is important. Because, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, it is. So, no, it is. It is important to me because you know, I you sh you should listen to people like me who work on yachts and swim with sharks and you know know firsthand what it's like and what they're like and the appreciation I have for the ocean, and they're not listening to people like us. So, it's basically you know they've got these stupid nets that don't even span the width of the beach that are just hanging out there for whales and manta rays and turtles and everything is getting killed out there basically because of these these nets that are a, a false sense of safety for the people at the beach um 
and they don't provide any safety at all really the, there's there's research that's been done before and after and it's you know accounted for shark fatalities and attacks and whatever else that you want to call them uh, mistakes I like to call them um, so it's basically yeah diving deep into this exposing the government you know the government doesn't want people to know that what's really happening out there and and you know it's 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 just sad it's just you know um, well, I'm glad it's been coming to light. And so what, what, just one more time, what's it called, just for the people who are walking? Um, Envoy Shark Film. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Okay, it's um, Eric Banner. Eric Banner narrates it. Um, and there's some, you know, uh, Lane Beachley, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. two times world pro. Is it on Netflix? I, I feel, or is it television? Mm. I feel like I've seen the ad. Yeah, so it's it's just premiered in the cinemas now, but I think oh, you can okay. watch it online. Yeah, last, last night it was, so right. it's quite fresh. Um, so check that out, and you'll see that sharks aren't so bad. And and a, and a big big we have a need for them, yeah. Like they they are sort of like yeah. the I think that keeps the ocean healthy along with the big yep. whales, etc. Yeah, they're they're essential. Yeah, yep. they are. It's it's you know. So so what as as average punters apart from watching this and feeling sorry for the world, what what should what should people, you know, what what advice do you have for us? I guess to take away from this movie and just the general public, you know, I was afraid of sharks. I was like, I grew up in Noosa and there was still that, you know, at the back of my head, oh my God, there's sharks, but they are there. They're always going to be there, I hope. And, you know, you look at the hundreds and thousands of people that swim in the beach every single day and you might get one every so often, you know what I mean? Like, and it's Mm. a mistake. Like you can see how it is a mistake. Um, So I want people to take away that, you know, we got to share the ocean and you're taking the risk to go in there and enjoy their mm. domain. Um, so that's that's pretty much, yeah, what I wanted. So I, I see all these problems as opportunities and I'm just thinking there's, there's an opportunity to police the beaches where people swim a lot easier with drones and yeah. cameras and whatever like, else because there's like got to be a better way. Oh, oh, I actually haven't. That's what they're, that's oh, what really? they're saying. <laughs> okay. So they look, they, they end the movie by looking at, at you know, alternatives, which they do have drones at some beaches. And that's where people have been going because they feel more safe. And that's a good way to do it. They'll send the drones mm. out, patrol the beaches. They have, uh, they have, I don't want to call them nets, they're barriers. They've done it at Cottesloe Beach in Western Australia there. They've basically, they're, uh, they're physical barriers. So they're not nets. They're, they're big enough to let smaller things through. But as soon as sharks hit them or whales or anything like that, they just turn away and carry on with their life mm. instead of getting caught, you know? Yeah, yeah, well. That makes more sense. Um, yeah. How are they going to do that on a big scale, though? So there's there's other options. There's, you know, designers in South Africa, which is another big shark spot for great whites. They've designed fake, um, I want to call them like uh, kelp. Basically, it looks like kelp. And you'll see sharks. Like, I've seen them all the time. They they have so many sensors on the front of their, their nose there that if anything's in front of them, they'll turn and go away including kelp. So that's how seals and all those kind of creatures will hide. They'll go in the kelp. And sharks don't do that. They mm. don't just go straight in there. So they've built these fake kelp forests mm. that you can kind of plant along the uh, the front of the beach there. But, you know, realistically, we just got to live with it. Like it's mm. it's not a... It's not that's a where the word deal. help came from. It was kelp, kelp. That's kelp. How the seals would head into kelp. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, it sounds like there's other ways to... Uh, Two things, and uh, there you go, everyone. There's a business opportunity for you to think of ways that we can do that um, better, yeah. sustainable. What now? What because we brought that up? What about Sea Spiracy? Have you seen that? And what's your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a, that's another one, isn't it? It's really good. You know, it's sad to see all this stuff, but it's it's finally getting out there. It's always been there. Um, it's just now I, it's in our face. I think a lot of the fishing industry and you know people would, would might say that's a bit of an overkill. Is um, from your boating yachting life. Mm. Um, I mean, I know that you can't give a, a proper opinion on this, but I mean, you can give an opinion, but you mm. know. You're not on a fishing boat. Um, yeah. If it's if it's half as bad as that, it's shit, I guess, is what I'm trying to say here. And I'm thinking you're going to probably agree with me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that it is really, really important for the globe. But everyone knows I'm pretty passionate about that who knows me, uh, who knows me uh, personally. I don't talk about it much on these things. But, um, yeah, it, it's so important, the ocean, um, for, for so many different reasons. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, but I, I don't know what to do other than say, yeah, I support that, and yeah, I support Sea Shepherd, and I support this, but um, I still feel a little, little lost. With a little it, bit so. helpless, yeah. So um, I mean, we can all do our little bit and just, you know, post like, you know, I, I'll post the the link to Envoy, yeah. So other people can watch it. I'll talk to people about it. You know, I'm not going to force people, but I, mm. uh, it's just yeah, awareness, it's awareness. getting in front That's of eyes. That's what we can do. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, well, we're doing that right now. I'm proud of us already. Lovely. Um, okay, let's get back to fun stuff. Do you like beer, mate? What kind of beer do you like? Some of my you know, preloaded questions I'll, for I'll you. I don't drink anything. I'm really? Not, I'm still young. <laughs> you know, I started on the, you know, the goon saxon. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You do the <laughs> thing on the club. Passion <laughs> pop, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, you know, upgraded since then, of course, but uh, I don't know. So where do you where do people send Christmas cards to you, mate? If you're always on the water, how do, do Instagram? Pigeons, yeah, pigeons, pigeons, carrier pigeons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the only way out there. Um, no, I yeah, it's it's hard, it's hard. Yeah, that must be a challenge when you're yachting away from family and friends. And yeah, I can I saw that you know your partner's with you on your boat, which is lovely. Yeah, that she's must make a big difference. Yeah, uh, Sabrina. Yeah, she's in, um, which is good. Yeah, we work together. Um, but yeah, she's from Brazil, so she's back there now. But yeah, there's a, it's quite lonely. Like, expect you know times where you're going to feel a bit lonely out, out there as well, because you know everyone's there by themselves, and we're in a small space, and you're living and working together. It's it's not easy. Um, so it does help to have someone to you know, chat to. Is there any like myths about the you know? Is there any myths about your career that you'd like to go? Hey guys, it's not yes. this. Tell me about plenty that. of myths. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone thinks we're just chilling in jacuzzis and, I mean, which has happened, but we get it. We get <laughs> Didn't it. say you had to show it off with dick straws before. <laughs> I get in trouble for that, um, but that's okay. So, yeah, it's not it's not all that. You know, the boat isn't set up when they're that when it's just us there. Everything's packed away. Everything's closed. You know, the more we use the boat, the more that we have to clean it and do more of our job. So, yeah. So, oh, so it's not all just chefing. You're out there cleaning things and teamwork. Yeah. 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 I started as a, a chef deckhand. So it's, uh, yeah, it's all, all a bit of teamwork. But yeah, it's definitely not, it's not set up for us to use. Like everyone just thinks, oh my God, you're living the life. And no, we're scrubbing shit off toilets and, you know, buffing stuff out of everything and cooking for crew and mm. getting ready. The boats are just, constant anyone that owns just even a small tinny will know that it's just a it's a battle to keep that thing on mm. the water so this is on a bigger scale i remember going fishing once and this guy was calling me a deckhand <laughs> i think he was calling me that anyway um yeah so that's the debunk thing any other debunkers i think that's the major one um 
but you're living the life. I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? What do you see from the outside? I mean, it does definitely look like you're living the life. Your Instagram is epic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to post the, the crappy stuff. <laughs> but that's like everyone's Instagram, right? Yeah. It's just a highlight it's, reel. Yeah, it's not like I'm meaning to, but you're definitely not going to be interested in me cleaning a cool room or something, or maybe you will be. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that could be a cool little segment. Yeah, you know the reality of being a yacht chef. For sure, there is a um, there's a little galley tour which Jared Watney he's on YouTube, uh, probably the biggest yacht YouTuber. Um, you should check his stuff out because that really shows you the life of the yacht crew. He's someone that films behind the scenes and right. it's not always pretty. Yeah. You know, the stewardess kicking the plate out of someone else's hand while we're serving food accidentally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he fil- he's filmed all that stuff. So you should check that out. It's cool. What, tell me that again. His name? Jared Watney. He's yeah. uh, on YouTube. Um, okay. Yeah, he's got all this stuff. How are you going with, um, you know, like the big movement in kitchens everywhere, um, you know, um, is food waste and, and, and plastic and stuff. I know that when we pack for the yachts, it's zero to minimal plastic where possible and, and lots of requirements that we have. How, how do you deal with that on board and is it, um, you know, what, what's the process there? Yeah, so we got to keep it as minimal as possible. One, because of, you know, the space that we have to store this, this rubbish um, and also two, because, you know, we are on the ocean and we are, you know, we're amongst it and I think we should do our part to keep the waste at minimum. So, you know, we have plastic crates that sometimes we said we might send to, you know, Suncoast Fresh and say fill these crates with us which will slide straight into our cool room and stuff like that, which will reduce the the packaging and everything else. Because I, I hate it, you know, I hate one, because it takes longer to to unpack and all the rest. And two, it's so much, you know, you could imagine two weeks worth of food um, mm. and the, the waste that comes with that. So, you know, I, I really pr- appreciate when provision is packed nicely, but also consider the waste factor. Yeah, right. That's, uh, yeah, some people think they're doing the right thing by... Packing everything super duper, but yeah, not really the case. Mm. It's really hard now, especially with COVID, because I, I reckon people are going to be packing things even more with plastic these mm. days because they're trying to stop. Like, they're going to be like, Touching. that's a fear monger thing. Yeah, like, yeah. They're like, oh my God, I need to wrap everything and sanitize everything. And yeah. it's just going to, like, I feel like we're going to have even more ways to deal with mm. How are you dealing with food intolerances and vegos and everything? My, my wife's a vego, and how, how do you deal with all the scarlets? Uh, whatever she wants on particular days so. <laughs> if there's really <laughs> if there's really good ice cream if she's really good ice cream all of a sudden she's not lactose intolerant anymore. I just deal with pain yeah well you got to pick your battles yeah you got to pick your battles that's just okay we've got a few like, things here ice cream like oh yeah it's good sometimes mm. I wanna, yeah it's absolutely good so yeah so I guess that's um, the, in the exact same way that every restaurant does yeah I think we do it even on a I think back in the day when I started, it was kind of like veggies. Oh, we just take the meat off. <laughs> you know that was a, that was. You'd the even thing. leave the blood where the steak came off, wouldn't you, and just send out the mashed potato? No, I'm joking. No, no. <laughs> but you know, in saying that, now I'm more of a vego. I, I I'm mainly plant based right now, and I have been for the last kind of four or four or five years. So I understand more so if I get I get vegans on all the time, like vegan charters, and I've cooked vegan food for the past prior to this job three three years or something um so i appreciate that and i we do our best to you know cater for these people and i i don't fight it you know i Mm. i embrace it and it's everyone's choice whether it's intolerance or it's their uh, ethical stance and i'm here to do my job so have you ever had a garden on a boat a garden yeah like you take some living stuff at all 
do herbs and stuff like yeah. near the uh, near the the windows and and things like that, but not. I've thought about having like a wall of yeah. stuff to pick from. Like, you know, we need to save space, so it like stacks up the oh, wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few of them. I'm gonna, I'm I'd like to do yeah, that. Yeah, have you seen the future food system? Yeah, like that. How they've done that? Uh-huh. Yeah, that would be so cool. Mm. That would make so, sense. So you've been here, you know, um, swanning around everywhere. Uh, any cracking restaurants that you've found? Uh, where you gone? Yes. Oh, wow, this is bloody cracking. Love it. Yes, I went to a place called. You probably. I, I've just heard of it as I come come back the last few weeks agnes somehow you know i go on these little like solo missions so i got into this this restaurant agnes which is in brisbane you might know it's in the valley yeah yeah. in the valley ben Ben williamson and team yeah incredible stuff um you know best mate who's a chef in noosa as well ryan fitzpatrick he recommended going there because that's his favorite restaurant at the moment you know they're cooking over fire and they're it's all fire yeah it's all fire yeah no it is and uh Many the, fires on the boat? No, come back no. to that. <laughs> we don't talk about it. Um, <laughs> and it was just, it was a really great experience. And Well, he was on the podcast, uh, I don't know what episode it was. Ages but ago now. Yeah, yeah, well, probably 12 months ago, yeah. So just before, or just as it was opening, actually. Okay. Um, ben Williamson, he's got a great story. You should listen to that one. Well, I guess reopening. They had yeah, yeah, day. reopened they in COVID era. During yeah. COVID, they like did a pop-up bakery. Okay. Um, Cracker like went it. off. Like yeah. there was like wine. There was like two, three-hour lines really? for this bakery. Yeah. Uh, any others? Any other like cheaper ones, you know, where you go and it's just like, man, that was really good Asian or that was really good anything like that? In Australia? No. Oh, actually, well, if you can't answer it on this trip, anywhere else in the world where you've gone, oh, my God, that was the best Euros ever and I'm in Mexico or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had plenty of those experiences. I couldn't tell you exactly where, you know. Yeah. Mexico yeah, taco, you know, like a 50 cent tacos and stuff like that. But yeah, right. it's, yeah, it's okay. out there. I, I think, I, I think a lot of people tell me about Mexico and I think it's got to go there. Oh yeah. You have to. Um, um, yeah. What's your favorite fruit and veg, man? Ooh, I have to say tomatoes. What's a tomato? Tomato, yeah. tomato. Well, we, you enjoy those bulk ones that we're doing at the moment, aren't you? They're, they're delicious. You, you were eating like lollies when we did that photo. Thing. I grew, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I grew up in, um, in Canberra, where the tomatoes, my dad was like this, like Miyagi of tomato growing, and I remember just going out to these massive vines and just I'd eat them straight off the vine, you know. And the smell still gets me of of uh, the vines, you know, more so uh, than the tomatoes. Yeah, you can, yeah, you yeah. know, what it smells like. I definitely do. And the secret is a little bit like raspberries as well. They don't do it really commercially because they get damaged. So they pick raspberries in the cool of the day as opposed to oh, the yeah? end of the day. But if you, uh, the highest sugar count in a tomato, oh, actually, I know it's a raspberry. I'm not sure about tomatoes, but I'm assuming it's tomato as well, will be in the middle of the day in the heat of the day when it's that red and it's and it's, it's hot almost. Mm. And that in your mouth, and like a hot raspberry off the bush is a, is a thing. Um, and, a, and a tomato as well. I, I, I'm i not sure about the tomato, but it's definitely with raspberry, but I think no, it should have the same principle. No, it makes sense because mm. when I serve like a just a tomato salad or something like tomato mozzarella salad, you room temp those tomatoes and your olive oil and your pepper and salt and get that to that. Yeah. It makes sense. And if they've never been in the fridge, like uh, we do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'll tell everyone, I'll, I'll let 
America. We don't put the fridge, you know, they don't hit, you know, we aim to have them not hit the fridge, but much harder in this cold uh, climate. It moment. must be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You should check out Cooper's shoot, um, that farm, if you like tomatoes. Yeah, down in Byron. my most favourite tomatoes ever. Oh, really? Next time in Byron, pop in to see Sammy and uh, get him take it to the, a couple of farms down there. Because uh, Sam is he, the general manager. What was it, Cooper's? Byron. He's more than the general manager. He's the legend of He's Byron. He's the boss. <laughs> He's the legendary boss down yeah. Byron. Um, oh, Cooper's Shoot. Yeah, so Cooper's yeah. Shoot is um, a place where the farm is. What's the farm actually called? Cooper's Shoot. Is it? Yeah, yeah that's right. where it is and what it's called. Right, oh, okay, right. cool. Yeah. yeah, but they do really cool, like, heirloom variety um, tomatoes, and they're super sweet, and it's they're really Moorish, and, like, the texture of the tomato is almost different. Like, it's just, yeah, they're beautiful. They're my favourite. Wow. Man, it's been an awesome chatting to you. Um, we're looking forward to maybe seeing you on on the, on the big screen now one day, and um, I'm glad that you're doing some work to, for that. Um, and I guess that's how you've been working uh, to to make COVID a, an advantage almost that you've, mm. you've come home and and doing a few other things. I love that your your hobby is is filming and stuff as well. That's really really cool. I love how you balance that sort of stuff out and. Um, your Instagram is amazing, uh, The Yacht Chef, um, a crackalaka, super inspiring. And, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of us can get into routines and, you know, end up drinking beer on, on our days off and, and forget about things like that diving. I think it's one on the Malula bar. Uh, there's, 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 there's stuff everywhere, so reach that side and get out. So yeah, um, okay. need a bit of inspiration, jump onto your Instagram. And what was the yacht that you are on? Just one more before we wrap up. Uh, yacht Arians. Beautiful. Uh, you'll find it through, linked through the Yacht Chef, my Instagram ah. and stuff. It's all there. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, mate. Well, thank you for being a part of our little podcast. You've got an interesting life. We look forward to seeing you after you disappear for a couple of years and come back and, and tell us some more adventures. Amazing. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm.